Welcome back, friends. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo, with another episode of True Crime Tuesday, exploring true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. In this week's episode, we talk about gambling, most notably, blackjack. Blackjack is one of the most widely played casino banking games in the world. The game is typically played with two to seven players, who are all playing against the dealer and one another. Decks of cards are shuffled together and each player, including the dealer, is dealt two cards. Each card holds a certain number of points. Numbered cards are counted as their number. Face cards like the Queen, King, and Jack count as 10 points, and aces count as either 1 or 11 points depending on the player's preference. And the goal of each player is to reach a total score of 21 points, or as close as one can get with the cards they're dealt. The person with the most points without going over 21 wins the hand. Now, with a game that's so completely random, it would seem nearly impossible to gain any sort of advantage, although there are ways to do it, the most notable of which is called counting cards, a strategy where players determine whether they or the dealer has the advantage on the next hand. Players who count cards keep a running mental tally of high and low value cards that are being dealt and attempt to predict what the next hand will be. And believe it or not, counting cards is not illegal, although basically every casino in the world frowns upon it, as it's referred to advantaged play. In 1979, a group of six students from MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, taught themselves the complicated art of card counting. And following graduation from MIT, several of the students began teaching a blackjack course on campus. The course caught the attention of a professional blackjack player known only as Dave, who contacted one of the students, J.P. Masser, offering an invitation to Atlantic City to put their talents to the test. So in 1980, four players, along with Dave and an investor who put up $5,000 to bankroll the operation, went to Atlantic City, New Jersey during spring break, with one goal in mind, to win big. And that they did, winning nearly $20,000 in their first outing. These first few big wins fueled the desire to keep going and win even bigger. In May of 1980, J.P. Masser, known as Mr. M, was at a Chinese restaurant and overheard a conversation regarding professional blackjack. So he introduced himself to the man, Bill Kaplan, a 1980 Harvard MBA graduate who'd been running a successful blackjack team in Las Vegas for the last three years. And using money he received after graduating from Harvard Business School in 1977, Kaplan had assembled a blackjack team that would generate a 35-fold return in less than nine months. Now, after hearing of his success, J.P. Masser and the rest of his team invited Bill Kaplan to Atlantic City to watch them play. And Bill liked what he saw, but saw much room for improvement. So Kaplan became their coach and mentor, taking on the group of 20-somethings as students, teaching them his sophisticated formula for card counting, along with adhering to strict training and record-keeping policies. And the new and improved team began targeting Atlantic City casinos in August of 1980, with a starting capital of nearly $89,000, which they more than doubled in less than three months. From that point, the team began to grow with new recruits, who went through a rigorous training and testing process before becoming a full-fledged member. Now, by 1984, the team had grown to as many as 35 players, who were raking in as much as nearly $1 million in a single trip, and they'd now expanded their operations into other states, including the gambling capital of America, Las Vegas. And the gambling business was good. 
sometimes too good. Traveling cross-country without much cash ended up garnering a lot of attention. Some of the team members were often held up at airports while carrying massive amounts of cash, some hiding it in their carry-ons or underneath their clothes, and more than a few times, money was confiscated by authorities who assumed it was drug money, and the process for getting it back would often take several months. By the mid-1980s, Bill Kaplan had become instantly recognizable by casino staff members, who had banned him and his team from nearly every casino in Atlantic City. But since the roster of players was so large and varied by that point, they were able to stay and play relatively undetected, but Kaplan ended up having to step away from managing the group because every time he entered a casino, staff members would instantly begin looking for his team. So in the late 1980s, Bill Kaplan stepped away from being a coach and mentor for the team, leaving the group in the capable hands of J.P. Masser, John Chang, and Bill Rubin. And it said in the first 10 years of its existence, nearly 70 people were part of the Blackjack team, as counters, big players, and other various roles. And by 1992, Kaplan was back in the picture with the opening of the new Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut, where Kaplan planned to use the new casino as a training ground for his new team members. He soon formed a legal, legitimate partnership called Strategic Investments and raised over a million dollars in startup capital. And using his proven system, he assembled several teams of three people, which included a spotter who checked when the deck went positive, a controller who would place small bets, losing money often, but confirming the spotter's count, who would then signal the big player to make a large bet and win big. And the system worked. Over the next two years, the team grew to over 80 players across the country, from Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Washington, and California, who were out winning hundreds of thousands of dollars at every casino they hit. At its highest point, nearly 30 members who were playing simultaneously across the globe at casinos in the U.S., Canada, and several island locations. And it's not to say that the team's actions were going unnoticed. Quite the contrary. The MIT Blackjack team was far from flying under the radar. In fact, many of the team members were identified and banned from various casinos, both foreign and domestic. And these members who were soon replaced with new players who could then go undetected. Police and casino officials began noticing many of the players' addresses were at or near the MIT and Harvard campuses in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and began to connect the dots that this was a large, sophisticated operation. And by the 1990s, after winning millions of dollars, Bill Kaplan's Strategic Investments Partnership was dissolved in December of 1993, and its members went their separate ways, although several of them stayed in the gambling business, creating offshoot teams that would continue to disrupt gambling operations across the country, those who weren't already barred from entering them. And the MIT Blackjack team was in the news most recently as 2008, when one of its members, Lori Tao, was arrested, but not for counting cards. Lori was married to one of the team's founding members, John Chang, and like many of the other former team members, she'd been banned from entering most casinos, including Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. But Lori showed up to Caesars one morning in 2008 and was immediately recognized by security, who ended up taking her into custody. Lori then refused to reveal her true identity to staff members, using one of her aliases to avoid detection. Police later arrived and questioned her, eventually arresting Lori for trespassing and obstructing justice. But the charges were eventually dismissed. Now, throughout its lifetime spanning two decades, the MIT Blackjack team consisted of nearly 100 people who made off with millions of dollars from casinos across the globe. 
and Bill Kaplan himself walked away with nearly $10 million in winnings. And although it's shifty, underhanded, and deplorable, it's 100% legal, and Lori Tao remains the only member of the MIT Blackjack team to ever be arrested. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday story, episode number 73, The MIT Blackjack Team. Join me each week for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We'll see you next time.